it's about impacting the world. You know, we're all here for a purpose and I'm pretty sure our purpose isn't to divide and to hate and to hurt one another. Our purpose is really we're, we're unified and and this tool as we become highly aware of how we interact first of all with ourselves and then with our loved ones and our coworkers and our you know the people we meet on the street every word every action impacts the culture Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing episode of Resilience Conversations. I am here with my dear friend and colleague, Ginger Lumen, <laughs> and another dear friend and colleague, Tamara Lindholm. We are super stoked. We have decided that why not share some of the folks that are uh, right in our world doing the work on a daily basis. And the Inspired Leadership Team is certainly doing the work. And so we are thrilled today to have Tamara join us um, and just share what is Inspired Leadership and how does it all play out. And so, but we always want to start with the check-in, uh, mad, sad, glad, or afraid. And so I can kick us off. Um I am like super glad I have not had all the laundry done in my life in a couple months and I have been rocking and rolling on laundry. And I know that sounds like pretty superficial, but my laundry is usually a indicator of where I'm at um, emotionally and spiritually. And so I'm super glad about that. Um, is there any sad and afraid today? Um, gosh. Well, I'm afraid that I'm going to goof up something on this podcast. And so I'm just going to let that sit right there. And as far as sadness goes, I'm still digging into some real um, deep work around money and fear around money in my life um, and trying to find my way there and all kinds of justification and disillusionment. And that ticks me off that I can't just be this spiritual guru that lets it all go and centers and balances in the now. So that would be my mad today. Ginger, how about you? Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much for that. I think you just said two things that people can really identify with, with that laundry thing. I just heard in the background about 500 voices going, oh, I wish. <laughs> and, and good for you. And then, uh, oh gosh, you just can't be perfect, Rebecca. Gosh. Anyway, uh, that right there was giving me all sorts of glad. <laughs> I'm so sorry that, that, that it's, it's not that you're misery, but that you're, the celebration and and hearing from you and saying those things. Um, but before I heard from you, I guess what I'm showing up with today, I am just bone tired and there's no, I think, uh, uh, well, there's gotta be a real reason for it, but I'm not sure what it is. I think it's an illness that's been just weird lingering, but who knows? Um, so that's afraid I think, cause I don't want to be getting other people sick and I want it to actually just come and be sick, not just feel meh and try to get through a day because I'm not really sick, you know? 
So that's afraid there. And uh, yeah, that's as far as my check-in is. Tamara, what about you? I'll pass that over to you. Mad, sad, glad, or afraid? Yeah, ditto on the laundry. Uh, I, I would say I am feeling really glad I get to be with my colleagues. I mean, that's a bonus right here. We don't see each other that much. Uh, but I, I'm glad because I just, you know, it's been a really rocky, um, bumpy last three years. And I feel like they're starting to get some consistency and, and um, stability. I'm also a little afraid, I won't lie. I, I am grateful you invited me for this podcast. The afraid piece comes from sometimes my perfectionistic tendencies kind of creep in. And it's like, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to ramble. I don't want to, instead, I'd, I'm going to just set all that aside and just be here with you guys. And you know what? It's for a greater purpose. So I'm excited to share the work that we get to do and get to do with you guys as well. Thank you, Tamara. Yeah, this is resilience conversations. So we're talking, you know, you really you can feel like this interview or is us just talking and, and and Rebecca and I will hold space for you for a very long time because I can honestly, Rebecca, you've been oh, so, uh, Tamara. OK, I'm just going to put it up to the draggy Tamara. You have been such a, a, an amazing inspiration for me since the, the day you came into the ESDAC doors. I say again, but I wasn't here the first time you were here. Um, but um, you um, created a space that allowed me to touch vulnerability probably for the first time ever. And that just that tiny little thing right there gave me so much comfort to continue to explore some stuff. And then you just blew up from there. But I'm going to say that people, uh, there might be a couple people here listening who don't know you at all. So, Tamara, could you just, you know, in, in just a, a couple of sentences, if it's possible, maybe a couple minutes, uh, tell us tell who you are. What, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, first I always say I'm a wife and mother and friend and sister and like those are roles that really matter so much to me but in the professional realm I get to work with leaders all across the United States and counselors and, and when I say leaders I'm not talking about leaders by title however there are a lot of times CEOs and HR directors and superintendents, but anyone that wants to raise their awareness. So we get to work with groups all across the United States on awareness and how they show up personally and at home, at work, and um, get to be a leadership and life coach. So um, the beautiful piece about that is you learn just as much from your client as hopefully they learn from you. And um, I love what you said, you're holding space for me. That's what I get to do every day is hold space and non-judgmental space for people to be heard. But prior to that, prior to coming to ESDAC and working there, um, I was a teacher third and fourth grade teacher. I um, had the opportunity to be a principal and lead a great group of staff members and students and parents and 
and then a curriculum director for a district in Valley Center, for Valley Center. So now I'm at SDAC and I'm on the Inspired Leadership team. Well, and I know that coaching has been a part of your vernacular uh, before you got into the current position you're at right now. Um, and, and so having that as your background, rather than just standing and telling people what to do, when to do, and how to do, more of the conversational, let's do this, figure this out together and figure out some stuff and let you figure it out and me just ask some good, curious questions. You built, uh, you built INL, which is, is your big baby now that I think you probably would say you share with others as well, but inspired leadership. Um, and it's been your baby for a little bit. I, I'm curious how, how long, cause I don't take, keep track of time like that. But I, I want to, again, hold space here for a second for you to tell what is INL? What's the big concept of it? How did it come to be built? Yeah. Um, you know, our team created Inspired Leadership and it's capital I-N. And, and that right there is a really important concept because um, we believe it's in order to work on us, like maybe our team or our organization, we need to work on us like internal, I in for internal. It's internal work. So we work on the individual so that it can flow out to help and impact the us. And so oftentimes, you know, we'd have leaders call and say, oh, my team, there's so much conflict and we need you to come in and fix it. And, and that's not our work. Our work is to go and increase awareness of every single individual on the team, in the organization, so that they can contribute to what we call an anabolic culture. So with the work, there's like two big types of energies. There's catabolic energy and there's anabolic energy. And that catabolic energy, it's like characterized by you know, destructive, contracting, stressful. It's that energy that you go home and you have a headache and you want to put, you know, um, covers over your head and just lay down. And, but it's also that, you know, grit your teeth, let's get it done. And, or panic because you feel overwhelmed. I mean, like, that's just what catabolic energy feels like. It's heavy, it's tiring. It's, um, it's really sometimes unpleasant, but it's real and we all experience it. And then there's anabolic energy. And anabolic energy is that creative, fueling, just energizing type of energy that um, fuels us. It helps us be more productive. It helps us really um, create action in our life. And um, it, it provides a sense of motivation and clarity. So when we go in and we work with these energies, we help people understand what energy they're experiencing, why they're experiencing, and how they want to experience it differently. We don't go in and say you shouldn't have catabolic energy because it's just not possible. Mm, that's big. That's to, again allow for different parts of ourselves to really be there. And and I, I don't know, Tamara, you and I've talked about this for a while, about the catabolic and anabolic and the energy and the conversation. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. And I hope it doesn't make you cringe too much. When she first started talking to our organization about this, 
I'm going to say our organization was in a really uh, ugly spot. People were actively trying to sabotage one another and it wasn't, it wasn't whatever. And I, I sat over in the corner and watched all of it and tried not to participate and just kind of held off to the side. And when she came in and started talking about this, I was like, wow, woo woo, energy this and energy that. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, kumbaya. They need it. Let's see if they'll pick it up because, you know, I'm okay. And uh, and people started like actually getting behind it. And I started seeing some changes in people. And I was like, hey, what? For real? All right. Let's get in with this and throw behind it. Turns out I needed some support too uh, with my own energy around that as well. Uh, but we really started moving differently in three to six months. And in a year, we were radically different. And then in another year, we just needed some re-up uh, with that. And so if anybody's sitting there thinking, oh, catabolic energy, and re you're, most people probably aren't because they're good people, but somebody might be like me and think, mm-hmm, uh, this stuff works, yo. I'm just going to say that out loud. This stuff really works. So one more thing with this. Uh, you had said earlier and this is a phrase that has just stuck with me, and we as the resilience team repeat it again and again, is that leadership is an action, not a title. You said that. I was like, what? Yes. You mean I can be a leader even though nobody's paying me to be? <laughs> um, what would you say that somebody who isn't a leader by title, right, and wants to make and have permission to, to, to do and give change to the world – what, what would you say would be a great start for them to be motivated and inspired to bring their best? You know, Ginger, one of the most powerful tools is awareness. And, you know, there are many different ways to gain awareness of how you show up and how you interact with others and how you contribute to teams. We have found um, the Energy Leadership Index that we use when we work with individuals, teams, and organizations to be one of the most powerful. Now, what because is that? What is the ELI? It, it is, it's the only attitudinal assessment out there. And so what it does, it, you know, we all have filters. We have filters of how we see the world and how we feel like, how we should interact in our world. And it's based on our perceptions, our thoughts, our values, our experiences. And this assessment gives qualitative data of how you see the world, like what energy shows up for you when you're not under stress and how it changes when you are under stress. And um, the assessment doesn't define you, which is one of the powerful pieces of it. It, it provides awareness of your energy and we, no one else, even though we sometimes try to blame other people for our energy, <laughs> no one else can shift it can change it, but you. And that's the power of this is that this tool, um, I wanna share this one story because it brings tears to my eyes almost every time. And that is we were working with this group um, and there were a bunch of lawyers in the room and, um, and then also educational entity. And so this one gal on her ELI assessment, she had a, what we call a primary secondary of level one and two. So here's level one is like victim thinking. 
there's lots of fear involved with level one and level two is anger and frustration. So oftentimes how that is shown out into the world is like conflict and judgment of others and blame and excuses, right? Um, and so at break, we were there all day and it was 10 o'clock break. She comes up, tears in her eyes. We have, we've only been together two hours and she starts crying and she said, I live and lead with level one and two all the time and I don't want to do that anymore. So I, my, my heart, of course, we talked and like my heart was like, you are so courageous and so vulnerable. That's beautiful. Like that is leadership right there. Being courageous enough to say, I am experiencing, experiencing this. I'm not negative. I'm just experiencing this. And this is how I'm showing up. And she was ready to change. So at lunch, I had, I was eating with her supervisor and, and no joke. Her supervisor points over to her and says, see that person? And I said, yeah. She goes, that's the office, or he goes, that's the office bully. I said, I don't think she will be anymore. Mm -hmm. And that gal got coaching and I still hear from that guy going, I don't know what you, what dust you put on her. But I'm like, I said, <laughs> she did the work. She, in, she understood what she was experiencing, how she was addressing what she was experiencing, how she was interacting with others, and she decided to change. So when people have that kind of power um, and ability to, number one, have awareness, and then tools to change how they experience it, because we are going to experience all these levels. We are going to experience fear, we'll experience anger, we'll experience frustration, sadness, like that's just human. And too often leaders say that's negative. And that's a big piece that we help get out of the culture because it's not about being negative and positive. It's about being real, it's about being authentic, it's about being courageous, and it's also about being caring, loving, and supportive of one another. Mm. And that's what makes great teams. When you can build true collective efficacy, not just believe in yourself, but when you can start to believe in yourself and others, it's power. Friends and that's what the assessment and work helps people do. Sorry. Yes. That, friends, it sounds like trauma-informed learning, doesn't it? Trauma-informed community, trauma-informed care, right? Tamara, you have, uh, I'm going to go off script a little bit here. You, you've mentioned level one and two and then other levels. Can you briefly kind of outline what those are? Yeah, I'll just briefly, like there's seven levels and, um, and this was all created, I, I really should mention, by Bruce Schneider. I mean, there's a book called Energy Leadership by Bruce Schneider. He, he wrote a second book and right off the top of my mind, I don't have the title of that, but he is the founder of IPEC, Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And he has this framework, it's seven levels of energy and, and I'll chunk it like in three sections. So like first section is level one and two. And that's where we have kind of a weak ego. Level one is that energy that you feel like everything's being done to you. There's high level of fear, low efficacy, high judgment of self. Level one is heavy. 
um, you know, when we, we, when we want to, when we're asked to do something that we don't know how to do, like we probably all experience that level of energy, like fear of failure, fear of the unknown. So that's level one energy and it's a hundred percent catabolic. Then level two, level two is frustration, anger. It's like dissatisfaction. And instead of judging yourself at level two, we judge other people. We look outside of ourselves of who to blame, who is at fault. And so it contributes to conflict in families, in teams, even internally. Level three is the bridge. We call it the bridge. And you know, as you think about bridges, so the first chunk, first of all, is level one and two. It's we need something. We feel like we need something. Then we get to level three, which is the bridge. And bridges are meant to cross, not to necessarily always stay on, but level three is the bridge from catabolic to anabolic energy. And level three is where we, in moving from fear at level one and skepticism at level two to tolerance, toleration, forgiveness. We, we rationalize things and we, and we get that self-efficacy. So we take responsibility. So we no longer avoid, we no longer blame. We just take responsibility for what is right here and now. Level four, and this is where we see a lot of energy, level three and four in our, in our organizations that we work with, especially service-oriented organizations. Um, and that is level four is very caring, compassionate. It's, this is where compassion fatigue can happen. And we go down to level one where we're tired and overwhelmed. But level four is that I will do whatever I need to help you. Like I am here to serve you. So we do a lot of things for people. I always share level four, you know, the cliffhanger on Price is Right? That game. So, yeah. <laughs> always think of level four that way. Like we do, look, this world needs level four energy more now than ever. Um, but just know your threshold. So know how much level four energy you can actually give before you fall off the cliff. And that is the power of level four. It's like we we love, we want people to serve and to give. But when we do things for people all the time and we forget to take care of self as well, then um, we can become burnout. So level five then, so level three is self-efficacy. Level five is collective efficacy. That's where we don't just believe in ourselves; We believe in ourselves and others. So confidence, courage, there's clarity at level five. We lead with our values, beliefs, and expectations. And level five is a very strong level of energy for teams and organizations because um, people are in it together. I always say PLCs, like schools that are, are working with PLCs, if there isn't level five energy in that team, they're not functioning as a professional learning community. What they're functioning as is, a, is just a team uh, working together, right? 
like they're not truly collective. So it requires that level of energy because you have shared vision, shared goals, and you also contribute to the team. So that section is doing, like we, we don't sit back and avoid, we don't blame, we don't feel like we need stuff, we do things at three, four, and five. It isn't until level six and seven that we, like we transcend our ego and we just are being. And, and Ginger, I'm gonna, and, and Rebecca, you both, you guys lead with so much level six. And I, and I think that's why I'm so drawn to you because like you are so in the moment with people, not always, we don't always lead with level six, but we are present. We are in the moment, we're in the flow. So level six is not about me or you. It's about us. Like it's the oneness. Like we don't see each other's other as individuals. We see each other as one at level six. And so when you think about a team, that's the power. Like it's not about even the fourth grade PLC team or the, the resilience team or the INL team. It's the team. We're one. And that is where vision and creation happens. And then we tap into level seven. So I like to kind of quickly explain level six is where we are really mindful. There's mindfulness happening. We're in the present moment. We're not worried about the past. We're not worried about the future. And we're very focused. At level seven, we're defocused. Like it's not even about, oh, it, it isn't about us being aware. It's about awareness itself. And um, Bruce Schneider even said, some people don't even reach level seven in a lifetime. Like deep meditation gets us there. Um, and so when we're at level six, when we tap into level six and seven, we create new. So it's a powerful piece, but the key is we ebb and flow through all seven levels of energy throughout the day. And it isn't about, I just need to be at five, six, and seven. It's about knowing what energy you're experiencing, why you're experiencing it, and how it's impacting you and others. That's the power of the work. I love, I love that. that. Yes. Yeah, Ginger. I was like, oh my goodness. Like Tamara, you know, the seven levels of energy are such a critical tool um, for me to understand how I'm experiencing the world and potentially um, how others are experiencing me. And so, you know, Tamara, can you speak to organizations that um, have a lot of level six energy showing up and what are some of the tricky parts of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages to all of these levels. So um, one of the disadvantages to level six is that you can kind of seem aloof, right? Like you're with there and um, lots of ideas and lots of thinking and creation. But if, if there's very little execution, people get frustrated. And so it does require some level five energy, really focused energy to execute that creation, that vision. And great leaders don't expect them to always do it. It's like you build the team. You build the team so it flows. 
we all have different, you know, strengths and weaknesses so that we can create what it is. And that's another thing I'd like to mention about this work is sometimes people think it's about fixing a culture or fixing people. And that is not at all what we do. What we do is we go in and we give tools that help them create desired cultures, experience and experiences. That's what we do. I like that, uh, that it, a lot of people think it's about fixing. I think to me, that's part of our black and white, all or nothing mindset. A lot of times is that if something isn't working, it's broken. And in order to break, in order to uh, repair, we've got to fix it. And, and, and so uh, when you say that it's about, you know, awareness, nobody, nobody enjoys waking up and feeling terrible. Nobody enjoys right. going to bed feeling nobody does. And so when we become aware of all this stuff that's going on, what's my role in it? And now here's a tool to make a different move if I want to, then then that's power, you know, and, and we just don't always realize that we have that in our, in ourselves and in our teams. And, and, and it's about giving space and support. It's trauma informed. You're exactly right, Ginger. Like, I mean, the ELI, the energy leadership index is the awareness tool and, um, the coaching. So when we have the tool and then we are able to coach, individually and in small groups, that's where more choices start to come alive for them because they see that it doesn't have to be this one way. It's no longer a tunnel vision. It's almost like a prison, right? Like they see all these possibilities and things start to expand in their life. And that's what is beautiful about this work. Um, I mean, it it is transformational. It, It was transformational for me it was transformational for many that we work with, um, but it really does. It's different for everyone. And there's two words. And I always say this during training and when we go in and do culture audits, like two words that are, that are really key to this work, judgment and acceptance. And when we can increase acceptance in our life, even of the things that suck, <laughs> right? Like, even the sucky things, there's very little room for judgment. So I believe in that wholeheartedly. I'm going to be the voice of a person who's listening and going, uh, yeah, that's well, and uh, kumbaya. Uh, I, there are just some things I won't accept. How, how, how do we approach that, that thought and conversation? I'd say that's okay. You're not ready. It's okay. We accept things when we're ready to accept things. And you know what? We're on this journey. It's a lifelong journey. We don't get there. Like, like we're not like, oh, we'll have three weeks and we get there. Like acceptance is a lifelong journey. The key is realizing what does it cost? I always just ask, what is it costing you by not accepting it? Because it's reality right now. And acceptance doesn't mean agreement. Mm. I think that's what kind of the limiting belief sometimes that gets in our way of not accepting things is it, I can't accept that. Like it goes against my values. It doesn't mean agreement. It means you accept what is and you work with and through it instead of against it. Bam. 
I'm going to let that pause just for a second. Because I want us to have time to write it down and to think about that. Acceptance is not agreement. It's something that we can accept it and learn to work through it, with it, and let it be. Again, when we're talking about trauma-responsive, trauma-informed, when we're thinking about responding to who's in front of us, that behavior is communication, uh, that how do we accept, okay, that is. And now, how do we want to move forward, around, with, through? So this is a lot of, you work with adults mostly. Do you ever work with kiddos with this sort of work? Yeah, the only experience we've had working with kids are some of our students in our learning centers, mm. which was so powerful because, and not Rebecca, I don't remember if you even remember mm. this, but yeah, I've had them all take the energy leadership index. And what we found, I, I don't have the exact data, but what we found is the majority of them, even when they're not under stress, of course, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, because inter- it's energetic profile and then stress, stress. response they had level one and two as their primary and secondary. And like, you know, granted, they, that awareness was so powerful to them. And then we did some coaching with several of them. And then they retook the assessment. And what was so amazing, like this brings tears to my eyes, like, well, two of them went out and started presenting with me the power of awareness and choice. And their assessment showed more level four and five. Yeah. It was powerful. Like, they're like, wow, we have power. <laughs> it was just amazing. And, and power to use for good. So Rebecca, I don't know if you want to speak to me. <clears throat> that's you the know what we've had. I think that, you know, to kind of bring it from there to um, the kids that are in front of you today, wherever you're listening at, to understand that, you know, your kids who seem pretty adversarial are experiencing this level two energy that really is telling them I have to protect and psychologically defend myself. It comes off in all these other ways, but it really is a fear-based response that is um, presenting like that. And your kids that are kind of shut down and the hoodies pulled tight and they're kind of not making eye contact in the hallway are stuck up in their head that I'm not enough. I don't belong here. They all know they're going to find out how stupid I am. Look, there was another thing that I just did. Oh my gosh. So-and-so didn't talk to me today. It's this overwhelming, um, I would say kind of thought pain, thought torture. And I think for our kids, once they started realizing that, oh, wow, this is a thing they were able to kind of shift from being trapped in their own little worlds and their understanding just like their minds opened. (laughs) And so I would say, you know, when when I do know, gosh, Tamara, I'm trying to think of the school, but there's this, there's a school that you worked with and now they're taking the Friday newsletter, which we want to make sure our viewers can get from this podcast, this amazing Friday INL tip and little deep dive, they're taking that and doing that with their high school students every Friday. And they're just having check-ins around whatever INL tip it is. And they said, the kids love it. 
like they love it and they love talking about that stuff and they love, you know, kind of going around a circle and being like, Hey, here's what comes up for me around this. And so that's the other cool part about INL is that it's so applicable to any setting with any age, because we all have this and we all want more freedom and more acceptance of self and others. Like I mean, at the end of the day, we all want that, right? I, I think we do, Ginger, don't you? Yes. I think I mean sometimes I still want them to do what I want, right? Like I still want to line them up and because they would just be happier, right? But that is not acceptance of what is and who is in front of me and who I am in this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. When we work with groups, because you know, we we do culture audits where you know, that sounds like a fixing thing. And again, it's about going in getting really good qualitative and quantitative data about what's going on in our culture, using the assessment and other tools. And then we come up with a plan. And oftentimes it's about individual and group coaching. And we, we do some training teams. And every time we've gone with high school um, that have a leadership program, it's not every time, but many take these concepts and put it into their class. Like they will share whatever because it's such power for people. It, it doesn't matter the age. Like I know my, I have four children and when they were in middle school, we had all of them take the energy leadership index. And mm -hmm. of course, one of my kids said it's the levels of doom because she wasn't ready to accept the fact that this is just energy like she must have felt judged and and it, that and that is the something really to be cautious about though with this energy that it isn't about oh you're a level two leader you're a level because we all have all levels and we ebb and throw ebb and flow through all of them all day long it is about the power of awareness i love it mm -hmm. So much. Tamara, I'm looking through your uh, web page here on the Inspired Leadership uh, on the ESDAC website. Um, I'm looking, if we just go to essdack.org slash INL, you can find there's a green button right in the middle of the page, right underneath the four of you, your team and, the, and your co-coaches, uh, where people can sign up for their inspired weekly updates. Every Friday, like daggum clockwork, it comes into my inbox and it's always something tasty to think about, to chew on, to ponder, um, and, and, and it's short. It's not some long, you know, New Yorker type article that I'm trying to read. Um, so I want to encourage people to go there Tam, and, and, and get signed up for that. Tamara, what other words of wisdom could you offer us this morning as kind of a, a wrap up? Where, where do we want to go? Um, well, I think we all agree that our world could use a little more awareness and love, connection, um, and, you know, whether you use our resources, <laughs> resilience resources or not, it's like every individual, one person with heightened awareness impacts the world. I think we forget about that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just about impacting the team. It's about impacting the world. And, um, you know, we're all here for a purpose and I'm pretty sure our purpose isn't to divide and to hate and to hurt one another. 
um, our purpose is really we're, we're unified and and this tool as we become highly aware of how we interact uh, first of all with ourselves and then with our loved ones and our coworkers and our you know the people we meet on the street um, every word every action impacts the culture and it impacts our world and so um, whether that's kumbaya or not I'm okay <laughs> like we need more peace we need more like we want more joy we want more peace like who wants to live a life of dissatisfaction hmm. zero <laughs> none of us right we don't want to be dissatisfied now we will be and it's okay when we experience it we want a we want a life of presence connection and joy and this mm. helps us get that gives me all the glad right now now, friends, you can see why we love to partner with INL team, the Inspired Leadership team, because they speak the language we do in different words. Uh, it's it's really about you know uh, awareness, and then once you can start to move toward that acceptance, then we can continue with you know where's your where are your emotions, where do these come from, and how do we how do we move with and through? You heard you heard Tamara say that move through, and we talk about it. You've got an emotion in your body. Great. How do we move it through and out your body? Emotion. The, the root is a small thing moving outward. And uh, this is big. This is really big. I appreciate that you are doing this work and that you've brought this work into our lives here and more uh, selfishly uh, into into my world. It's, it's made a, a big difference. Rebecca, what other wisdom do we need to hear from you before we wrap this up today? Oh my goodness, Tamara and Ginger, what an incredible um, way to kick off a, a beautiful Tuesday morning. And so I would just say, listeners, um, get signed up for that Friday news. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing you can use with your teams, with your classroom, um, for your own personal life. You will thank us later. And for anyone else out there, we don't ever really know what month this podcast is going to drop, but we do know that um, we will have a fall Bridging to Resilience conference in November. So stay tuned for that. It'll be in Wichita, Kansas this year, and we have got registration costs way down so that you can bring all your friends. So be on the lookout for more about that. And until next time, have a blessed week and we wish you well. 